Today is Monday, October 3rd, 2011. This is episode 199. Welcome to Countless Screaming Argonauts. I'm TFAP, the Fabulous Penguin. And I'm Max. And uh, this is the episode before. That's it. <laughs> so, at CERN last week, the scientists clocked subatomic particles actually going faster than the speed of light. Yes. Which we know is totally impossible according to Einstein's theory of relativity. Right. Despite being baffled and astounded, their words, they said that it's been checked and rechecked. And it's true. Really? So, said checked and rechecked? Because the last I heard, they said, please, somebody else run this experiment. I believe that they did that. They said, it said the lab's researchers have checked and rechecked their work and have been asking scientists in the U.S. to confirm their results. Right. That is, if this test gets proven, and I, and I want right. to hear that, it, that, it, that it's been duplicated, uh, it, then you can warp space. They think that one way it could possibly happen is extra dimensions, and I don't even know what the implications of that are. I've heard people say there's 11 dimensions, but really? So what we're talking about is is that Star Trek may actually be historical and not science fiction. Well, and the other theoretically possible main point of this, and again, I don't understand it, is – that it means that time travel is theoretically possible. Right. That was my next. That was my next point. That's where yeah. I was headed. So, which I've always said, time travel isn't possible because nobody's ever come back. Right. But if you can go faster than the speed of light, then you could theoretically get here yesterday. Right. If you went faster than the speed of light long enough. Hmm. Um. It, it totally disrupts our understanding of the universe, but uh, the implications, I believe, are incredibly huge or big, but I'm not even capable of, of expressing them. Right. And, and, you know, as I read the article, it says that they fired a particle, a beam from a particle accelerator, and over the course of 450 miles, it traveled 60 nanoseconds faster than the right. speed of light. I mean, you know, we're not we're not going to be giving out speeding tickets for that at 60 nanoseconds. No, um, I think one thing that makes it really important is the fact that it's a neutrino is an object, a particle with some mass. Mm-hmm. Where, whereas a photon, which is light itself, is a mass of zero acting like a particle, acting like a wave or something. Right. It, it means that Einstein's theoretical speed limit of 136,000 miles per second or whatever the speed of light is, is doesn't, doesn't exist 
well, that's one. Mm-hmm. And and that that things can go faster than light. Right. Well, so this the it breaks all of the the understanding of how the physics of the universe works. What ties it together? It it breaks E equals m c squared. Energy equals mass times the speed of light. In this case, you get mass plus the speed of light. Mm-hmm. You know. It's, well, all I can say is, you know, when you when you build the time machine, I want to be there. <laughs> I, well, yeah. I, I want to go back about. I want to go back about. Oh, I don't know. Ten years, I'd be happy. You know, that's interesting because that's our first show. I know. You remember that? I do. That's weird, isn't that strange? Yeah, we we talked about do overs. Right? Would you, Would you take a do over? Yeah. That's. I mean, that literally is what that would be, right? A do over. Yes, you could go back in time and warn yourself about doing something that you shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. And uh, the implications of that on reality are, you know, immediately apparent, just just like the rest of this is not immediately apparent. You know. Sure. Uh, that's It's the old grandfather paradox. Yeah, I mean, it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. It, it's staggering. Well, like I said, once once they build the machine, I would definitely volunteer to go back. Yeah, 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 I would too. And I know where I'd go first. <laughs> um, it's funny. I, I I had this thing that I was just kind of looking up for the end of the show, uh, which is just a, a list of really bad, really short jokes. And, and I just happened to to peruse this one, and I'm going to bring it up because it fits now. Schrodinger and Heisenberg were driving in a car, and they hit a cat. Schrodinger says, is it dead? Heisenberg said, I can't be certain. <laughs> anyway, speaking of know. cats, many of the people who listen to our show know that I've been fighting with a cat for practically the whole time we've been doing the show. Uh, I want to say a little goodbye on the air to my cat, Xander, who shuffled off this mortal coil and uh, was sort of a friend to the show. And somewhere, if you go back and listen to enough shows, you'll probably hear me swearing at the damn cat. Absolutely. She was sort of the podcast cat because, you know, it was the second thing I thought of when I thought about getting ready for the podcast was making sure the damn cat wasn't in the wires. Um. This is, I thought, a really interesting topic. In Italy, six scientists and a public official are on trial for manslaughter for not warning the public aggressively enough of an impending earthquake that killed more than 300 people. Well, you know, I I read about that. I did read about that. And, And the first thing that comes to my mind is that from what I understand, the Italian court system... Is a mess. Makes ours look like the founding fathers. I mean, I just yes. understand that it is the most bizarre court system around. And and to that extent, that girl who was convicted of murder in mm-hmm. the Italian court today was set free. I yep. believe so. Yep. Uh, I don't know how or why, other than you know, oops, we got it wrong. Oops, we got it wrong. I guess you know, too busy uh, prosecuting. Earthquake scientists? I don't know. 
Yeah, but that I I think that's a horrible precedent. The idea that you can put a scientist on on trial for manslaughter for something they didn't do. Well, especially because in our country, we don't even believe the scientists. <laughs> we don't believe right? in science. We don't believe in science. So, and, I mean, and, that's and ridiculous. What is this neutrino thing going to do to Deepak Chopra now? He's going to have more pseudoscience to to spout about how he thinks the the magical universe is somehow, you know, making him whole and making us one with the universe and right. all magical that. universe is magical. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> which which brings me to another bad joke when I probably told it on this podcast. What did the Hindu the spiritualists say to the hot dog vendor? I'm afraid to ask. Make me one with everything. Oh yeah, I do remember you saying that. Yeah. It wasn't funny the first time. <laughs> And I said it better then. And, and, you know, here's the thing, Mario. What I don't understand is why we're telling jokes when we have funny stuff that's happening every single day. Yeah. I mean, did you hear about the moon rock that they found in Clinton's drawers? <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> Hillary, right? Uh, no, obviously you haven't heard about this. <laughs> They found they found a more than million dollar moon rock in President Bill Clinton's files. Hmm. When when Apollo seventeen returned from the moon, yeah, they carved up some moon rocks into fifty little rocks, and they presented one to every state. It was put on a plaque. The plaque had a state flag, yeah. and the rock, and it was attached to it. Well, hmm. in nineteen seventy six. It wasn't Governor Clinton. It was David Pryor who was the governor. Okay. But he was succeeded by Clinton in 76 or I think 77 probably started. And um, they lost the plaque. Who's they? They they is the government packer. Yeah, the government packer who would have packed all of Bill Clinton's stuff up when he wasn't reelected. In Arkansas. Yeah. So they lost the plaque, but they found the rock later on. And the rock was in a box marked, what did it say? Arkansas flag plaque. And inside of the box was a little plastic container that had a moon rock in it worth well over a million dollars. Now that is the kind of stuff that we can laugh about. But I'm confused. So is the implication that, Somebody just lost it, or that Bill Clinton stole it, or or that no, no. The implication is is that it was just lost. The, the government in packing it just lost it. Just lost it, and, yeah. and they happened to find it because somebody was moving some of Clinton's stuff, and they came across a box marked flag plaque. And when they opened it up, there was no plaque inside, but there was a little plastic container with a rock in it. So they still have lost the plaque, but they yes, no, it. they haven't found the plaque, but they do have the rock. Jeez, <laughs> I I don't even know what the implication of that is. I, well, you know, it, it just reminds me of Indiana Jones movies. When at the very very end they show you that big old warehouse, yeah, boxes yeah. in it. Yeah, <laughs> that's our government. That's right there. That's that's it. They just box it up and put it away somewhere, and someday somehow someone will go back in time on a neutrino. 
<laughs> and we'll find out where, you know, find out where this stuff is. <laughs> where, where Bill Clinton's rock got off. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> wow. Uh, it, yeah, that's that's. <laughs> It's embarrassing. It's it's of course sad. It's sure, it's sad, <laughs> but it, it's funny too because I get to say they found they found a, a moon rock in Clinton's drawers, <laughs> which w- was my best laugh of the day, regardless of silly old jokes. I got an- I have another one of these silly ones. I've got right. another one of these really strange ones. Okay, in Mexico, all right. There's this little tiny part of the country where this language is spoken. It's called Ipeneco. It's been spoken for centuries. It survived the Spanish conquest. It survived revolutions. It survived famines and floods. And now they're down to just two people who speak it. Wow. And guess what? What? They don't talk to each other. (laughs) Of course. Because <laughs> we are human after all. Manuel Segorbia, who's 75, and Isrido Velazquez, who's 69, live 50, 50 meters apart and don't talk to each other. So, did someone like go to them and say, you know, say the alphabet for us? Read, read. Uh, uh, a linguistic anthropologist is involved in the project. To produce a dictionary of this language. Good. But he can't talk to the two of them together because they're a little <laughs> because they're a little prickly. <laughs> That's the, you know, it's a sad thing. I heard something a while ago about how many languages we're losing. I didn't realize there were that many languages in the world, but it's there's like 200 languages in the world or 200 that we're losing or something. But uh-huh. it's, such, it's such a classically human story. It's so ridiculous. Absolutely. I mean, that's the best way to describe that. It's so ridiculous that if you didn't know it was true, you'd say somebody somebody was making it up. Right. Bad writing. This is the Flintstones, you know. Right. Where Fred and, and Barney live next door to each other, but they won't right. talk to each other. And they don't talk to each other. I, you know, like and, and like you said, what could be, what could possibly be so important to not talk to somebody about when you're talking about saving a language? Yeah, you know, this isn't this isn't saving a, a couple of leaves that fell in a in a scrapbook. This is an entire a language. This is a culture. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be lost because these two guys who are in their seventies, and you can see them, you can picture them. Now. Yeah, they're sitting with their backs to each other. It, with sticks in their hand and they're swinging them at each other. <laughs> Mel Brooks, in the, as a two thousand year old man, said, that's "We are it. prideful and we are spiteful." Yeah, that, <laughs> and that's that's it. that's it in a nutshell, right there. That's it, right there. Yeah, they 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 have so much pride they're they're not willing to get their feelings hurt, and they have so much spite that that they don't have a they can't save their own culture. They can't save their own culture. Wow. Amazing, huh? Yeah, that's really sad. Speaking of saving your own culture, do you want to get into the latest Perry Flap? You know, I don't know the latest Perry Flap. I've been so goddamn busy. I, I know there's been stuff, and I and I hate to say this because people will be shocked, but I didn't see any of the debates so far. But uh, yeah, if you got if you got something, 
Well, uh, there are two things. There are two things that have happened in the last week. Okay, yesterday in New Hampshire, he told the crowd that he would be in favor of using the United States troops to suppress the drug war in Mexico by invading them, essentially. Oh, I did hear something about this, but did he really say invading them, or did he well, say assisting them in their drug war? Controlling the situation yeah. by going into their country with our troops. So I don't. You, you can call it what you want. Yeah. But you know, in my tolerance, it's invading. Oh, that's interesting. A lot of Americans would be really happy to to Absolutely. hear that. You know, because this is bad shit going on in Mexico. Sure. Oh, I understand that. But those same Americans would be absolutely shocked if the Mexicans did that to us. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's okay for us to do, but it, it wouldn't be okay for them to do that to us. Oh, that that reminds me of, of another political thing that I want to get into. But before we go there, does it make a difference if we're invited to you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, he obviously had this little soundbite that he was going to push and he you know and i'm sure that there were like you said there are lots of people who heard that idea and said fantastic yeah get those it's great yeah i think we should go after canada while we're at it (laughs) because all our all our guys who who uh who didn't go to war didn't go who ran from the vietnam war are up there we should go up and get them too and bring them back not to mention they have all of our oil there you go (laughs) them and those goddamn Arabs. The Canadians and the Arabs have all our oil. (laughs) (laughs) And the other other part of his flap was, I don't know if you heard about this, but about the hunting camp that he frequented. No, I didn't hear about it. Oh, God. This is another one of those. Yeah, I I heard people, uh, like I say, listen to Morning Joe, and they've been talking about all of his gaffes, and and I haven't heard them. He used to invite all the good old boys down to this hunting camp that he and his family had, a thousand acres in Texas somewhere. Yeah. That basically was called Niggerhead. Oh. And it, the name was written in big black letters on uh, a big, huge white rock in front of it. And now and, the rest of. Uh, uh, I, I heard the tail end of a story on the news this morning, and, and they said his family painted over the sign, but not soon enough. Right. And he claims he hasn't been there since 2006, so that means that he was only a racist right up until 2006, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and um, and uh, the pizza man there was... Was not real happy about it. Right? Oh, he was not happy at all. <laughs> he was not happy at all. But see, he's dealing with the uh, Herman Cain is dealing with his whole, his whole other issue, is you know, is the fact that now he's attacking the whole government ball process, the inaugural balls. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he came out and said, instead of having all the balls in like one night, yeah, he was just going to make them smaller and spread them out. <laughs> which they are documenting would cost tons more money because of the security having to be there every single time he did one of these things. Yeah. <laughs> and he wants to invite all these all the common people to all the state dinners. But like he doesn't have a plan as to how they're gonna get there. 
Yeah, well, that he would have to pay to have them brought to. Well, Andrew Jackson just opened the doors to the White House and said, mm-hmm. "Anybody who wants in. to come in can come in." Well, uh, well, then I guess that that's what Herman Cain wants to be. He wants to be Andrew Jackson. Yeah. Good luck with that. But I did hear something all on the order of uh, Rick Perry wants to have less balls. <laughs> <laughs> and they wonder why the Republicans are still clamoring for another candidate. Right. Christie. Yeah. That's their, that's their new one. Yeah. Uh, and and there's something that I have to look it up, and I meant to do it. I heard Christie saying something, and all I know is it was about some of this Tea Party bullshit and Christie was quoted as saying, don't bother me with that crap. Yeah, he, he had said that on a number of occasions. So I, I immediately, I'm a Chris Christie fan. Right. You know, I mean, the, the bar is really low. All you have to be is not an idiot. Right. Yeah. Except that in, in New Jersey, he went after all the teachers' unions. Yeah, I know he's a hard-ass uh, um, and and I would have to take another look. But compared to what we've seen so far from the Republicans, he seems like a a person with a moderate personality and a brain. Right, right. Well, you know, in some ways, Max, you, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to even appear to have a brain in this party. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, I was going to start originally tonight when yeah. we were going to do this last week. I was going to start with what was pissing off the Penguin. Yeah, what's pissing and off? I had, what, my problem was, and you said you haven't been watching the debates, but there's been three things in the debates that have driven me nuts. Yeah. The fact that, A, when they brought up the question, the, the question to Ron Paul about the person without health care. Oh yeah, yeah. And the crowd chanted, "Let him die." Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, the, the most recent one with the with booing the American soldier. Right. Who was gay? That he was gay. Right. You know, I mean, so you don't have to be a rocket scientist to appear like a a, a reasonable person. A reasonable person to most of the rest of the world. Right. You know, there's only this small faction. It's probably, you know, 1% of the population that are just crazy. Yeah, and they cheered the death penalty. That was the right. Other that one. was the other one. They cheered the death penalty. So you have and, this. And, and, and Perry goes, in Texas, we take life seriously. Right. You so know, we kill them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, <laughs> you know, they're yeah. cheering. They're, they're cheering. Let them die. Of course, that was Ron Paul. But <laughs> and, yeah, and, and it's know. sad. Sure it is. And it gives you, you know, it gives you a very, very interesting picture of who wants to control this country. The thing is, what what plays in Texas doesn't necessarily play in the rest of the country. Right. But I want to get to another subject. Go ahead. The United States recently, with what Bill Maher calls uh, flying killer robots, <laughs> killed an American citizen who has who's been living in Yemen – who has been saying, you don't need bin Laden, just go out and kill Americans whenever you can, blow shit up, shoot people, whatever. A really bad guy who's advocating random violence in the name of Islam and has sponsored or prompted a couple of people to take action, even though their actions weren't successful. But um, an American-born who the United States killed. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and I want to ask you... What do you think about that? Uh, I, you know, I just started reading a little bit about it today. Yeah. 
and I and I really haven't formed an opinion yet, but I will say that I'm sort of leaning towards supporting the president on this one. Okay. I lean towards that. All right. Well, I'm going to challenge I, you. I know it's a. I know it's a very, very, very sip, slippery slope. I, I, I know. I understand that. I absolutely, totally understand that. Okay. But at the same time, you know, like the person who um, yells fire in a crowded theater. Yeah. You know. I mean, I just think that the, you know that the, that there, there's a danger that's associated with what this person is doing that goes above and beyond simply freedom of speech. We well, don't allow people in our country who are standing here to say, I think we should kill the president. If you said that, you could be you, get, you can get in trouble. You know, right. I mean, you can really, really get in serious trouble. No doubt so, this guy's a bad guy. No mm-hmm. doubt that he incited violence. Mm-hmm. No doubt that he'd be convicted uh, of Illegal speech of incitement to violence or whatever that is. Right. But but my, my question is due process. Yeah. And the Constitution. And I, and I find it, just as an intellectual process, really interesting because while we all know this guy's a bad guy, you know, what if Dick Cheney was president? What if George Bush choked on a pretzel and died and Dick Cheney was president and he says that penguin guy in Massachusetts – He's anti-American. We're going to blow him up. <coughs> well, that's what I meant when I said that it was a very slippery slope. Right. So you know, I mean, at, at one end of that spectrum is the guy who is crazy, who is advocating violence, who is hurting people. Right. On the other end of that same spectrum is somebody who just simply disagrees with what you believe in. And and, and and that's the scary part. Where along that where along that spectrum do you stop and say that's too far? Yeah, and there's no no question this guy was dangerous mm-hmm. and, and bad and evil and all those things. But yeah, I I think it just it's such an interesting dichotomy because if you if you're if you're a, a Tea Party person, right, or actually a Republican at this point in time, who respects life and the right. Constitution, right, then you have to be abhorred at the whole thing. You have but to be opposed to this idea? Right. But at the same time, because they you, got, you got a terrorist, right. you got a terrorist, you know, then you yeah. got to be good. And so, I mean, that basically, if you're if you're a Tea Party person, it's got to make your brain explode. Well, yeah, yeah. It's like you've always said. It's the, the pro-life people who are, you know, cheering death. Mm-hmm. It's at least a, a worthwhile intellectual exercise to make. And while I have no respect for this guy whatsoever, I, I think it, it bears asking the question, did we go too far here? Right. Well, you know, is, is that the question? Is the question at what point is due process no longer, no longer considered, considered not to apply? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a better yeah. way probably to, to frame the debate, especially since due process, I believe those words – are actually in the Constitution. But, I mean, we, we talk about this with freedom of speech. I mean, you, right. you can use that same thing. If you had those three words, at what point does freedom of speech become restricted? Right. You know, we know already that you cannot stand in a movie theater and yell fire. I think if you're if you're charged with treason... That's what that is. Right. You still get a trial. Yeah, it's, it's a good question. 
Well, Max, you know, we we asked a lot of questions tonight. We did. We asked about going back in time. We asked about the idiots in, in politics. We asked about Clinton's rocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's the second time in two shows you've cracked me up. All right. Well, hey, listen, this is my job. I'm, somebody's got to do it. I appreciate it. Right? Yeah. Well, listen, you know, we have to do this again. Oh, yeah, we should. Hi, this is Miss Nicole of 8 Beer Sampler Productions. You've been listening to Max and T-Fab P, the fabulous penguin of Countless Screaming Argonauts, the podcast of record. Listen to their podcast adventures at csapodcast.blogspot.com or download it free from the iTunes Podcast Store. Just search Countless Screaming Argonauts. The boys love to hear from you, so email them at csapodcast at gmail.com. Finally, if you want to show your allegiance to the show, pick up some CSA swag and help make the boys famous. You can purchase hats, shirts, and mugs, along with other appropriate gear, at Cafe Press. Click the link on their webpage. And thanks for listening.